Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He starts off the first verse of chapter five with two commands. By the way, they would be commands for us as well. And we see the commands spelled out very simply here. The first command is stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. So there's some things that he wants us to embrace. When Christ saves you by his grace, we enter into a life of liberty and freedom. It's not a life of bondage anymore. And he's saying, this is the command. Embrace that. Completely embrace that. And then the second command is, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So there's an embracing command. Do this. And then there's a, uh, thou shalt not command. In other words, reject this. We see that all through the Bible. Do this, don't do that. And this is what we had here in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. Two commands. Now, what is interesting is I'd like to take a little quick trip through Galatians. Let's go back to Galatians 4 by way of review. And I, I just want you to see how Paul makes his argument against the bondage that legalism brings. We, we've preached on all this but just by way of review watch how strong it is as we look at the verses quickly galatians 4 3 watch what it says bondage under the elements of the world go down to verse number eight and nine look what it says in bondage at the end of verse nine look at uh verse number 22 it says in the middle of the verse the one by a bond made. Look at verse 23. We see bond woman. Look at verse 24. The end of the verse, which gendereth to bondage. Verse number 25. In, at the end of the verse. And is in bondage with her children. Verse number 30. We see it again. Cast out the bond woman. For the son of the bond woman. And then finally, verse number 30 and 31. What well, we saw bond woman again in verse 30. Look at the verse 31, same thing, of the bond woman. We are not children of the bond woman. All of that through one chapter of scripture, and then we get into chapter number five, and he finishes that appeal, and he kind of closes that appeal out by saying, look, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Reject this. In case you missed everything I said in the fourth chapter. And he starts off with this very, very strong appeal to stand fast in the liberty that grace offers. Legalists, Pharisees, religious people love or hate grace and love putting others in bondage. And I'm telling you, they're very, very, very sly in doing that. Very sly. 
And chapter five is a call to act upon the truth that was taught in chapter number four. This acting upon this truth is more so in attitude and your ability to avail yourself than it is in the in, in, in necessarily the actions. People can see actions. And a lot of the actions that are done are done with a motive that isn't through the power of the grace of God. It might appear that way. It might appear that way. What do you mean by that? You will have people. I will have people. We will have people that will say, well, we can't come back to your church anymore because you have children's Sunday school. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wait, wait. Isn't it clear in the Bible that the children should be with the adults in the congregation? Huh. And then there it goes. Now, if you argue to me that children's Sundays, I'm not coming to your children's Sunday school because, well, you know, we're, we're new. We don't know people. Any, any dads here cautious about who their kids just, we don't just send our kids. Any mamas, right? That's one thing. But we see all across churchianity, youth, they say by the time they're 16, they're already gone. They've checked out of the church. They've checked out. And a lot of the reasoning and the argumentation behind this is these youth programs have gone so far left that their motive is to separate children from parents and not teach them the Bible. And it becomes a worldly thing. Now, I'm a Christian dad. I don't want that for my child. Dads, you're Christian fathers. I'm going to bet we're on the same page. You don't want that for your child either. You come to me and say, Brother Jimmy, I don't know what you're doing with the, with the youth, but this idea of you know taking them here or there, do, I, don't, I don't know if we, sh we should be able to do that. That's one thing. But a Pharisee and a legalist looks to show up. They're here. And they're looking for something. They're looking for something. And if it's not one thing, it's another. You know why we do children's Sunday school? Because we think it's a good thing for the kids to learn age-appropriate lessons by other teachers. So they don't always have to hear it from me. You know one of the blessings of being a Christian dad or, or a Christian mom is? You've got other Christian dads and other Christian moms to say what you said to your kid, <laughs> so it reinforces what you've been teaching them. <laughs> and that's what we want to do at Sunday school. We don't want to draw children away from their father or their mother to make it into some secret little club that, no. A matter of fact, every mom, every grandmom, every dad, every grandfather is welcome to go down in Sunday school and, and participate. And help out and get involved and avail yourself. You know what a Pharisee wants to do? Bondage. They just want to bog you down and bind you down so that you're doing exactly what they want you to do. And if you don't bow down to them and avail yourself to them, 
well, you're just not right with God. You're just one of those. Uh, you're just another one of those apostate churches. No, actually, you're just wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. Sunday school is a good thing if it's done in a good way and it's taught and Bible lessons are taught. Um, so this command, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We all know what a yoke is, right? You can't move. You put that cattle in that yoke. That cow does not think independently of the yoke. You can't. Wherever that yoke moves, that cow moves. That's the legalist. That's the Pharisee. You've got to go the way they want you to go. And they are looking to put that yoke around your neck. Go this way. Go this way. You can't think independently of them. And that's, the, that's that yoke of bondage. You can't move. The yoke moves you. The yoke stops moving. You stop moving. Anybody here? We get in a, here, here, here's an analogy. You get in a boat with somebody. They start rolling. I start rolling. I start rolling. You start rolling. Get, you know what we're all doing? We're all rolling together. You know what we're making? A lot more progress than if it was just me rowing or if it was just you in the boat rowing. That's the Christian life. And if you can avail yourselves to others and just get in the boat and start to row with us, you'll see we can all grow in grace and in unity together. You know what a Pharisee has? You know what a legalist has? Everything figured out. They got everything figured out, which is why they can't go to any church because none of the churches has everything figured out like they do. <laughs> Where'd you go to church before? Well, I can't tell you that. I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah, me too. But where do you assemble locally with those other believers in the same church of Jesus Christ? Well, what's that have to do with anything? Well, what it has to do with is nobody's getting in your yoke. <laughs> nobody's getting in your yoke. Because we're free. We're free. We have liberty. We don't use that liberty to sin. God forbid. And we'll get to that in a later message. It's not the topic of this message. But the Bible says this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad. If you come to church, in, 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 in the church house, rejoice, have some happiness. It's good for the kids to, to smile and have some in, in, enjoyment. There's nothing sinful about that. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I remember as a kid seeing, I can't remember the exact documentary or, or what it was but I remember seeing something with the, with the straight jacket and the guy would get out of the straight jacket and you know because nobody could get out of it you tie in your arms and and it was uh you know one of those illusionists get out of the straight jacket I always thought that was pretty cool and uh oh so I think I think it was Houdini and then he, oh I see this, the thing where you'd be in the jail cell and you know, he'd figure out a way to get out of the jail cell and nobody else can get out of it. He'd be able to set himself free. That yoke of bondage that these legalists and Pharisees have, if you're sitting in a jail cell and someone opens that door and you're free to go, you just stay sitting in that cell with the door open. 
you walk out. You walk out and you walk out to freedom. But it means not being tangled with the yoke of bondage. Now let's continue to move on because we want to see what these legalistic Judaizers are emphasizing. Verse number two, behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. The big emphasis they had was on circumcision. Now, this is key when you're dealing with a legalist. And this is key for us so that we don't become legalists because I'm for right living. You for right living? Yeah. I'm for right, uh, uh, holiness. Are you for holiness? Yeah. I want my kids to grow up with righteous and holy examples, not unrighteous and unholy and ungodly examples. I am for all of that, and I am sure you are as well. But a Pharisee and a legalist, they always, always, always have an axe to grind. Always have an axe to grind. They might find you, they might find our church, or they might find you on the internet. Oh man, this, yeah, this guy stands on the word of God, man. He's King James only. That's, that's a straight. They'll come, they'll find something to complain about. Whatever they're complaining about, Sunday school, they'll find another church that doesn't do Sunday school. And in about three weeks, they'll start complaining, yeah, well, you don't have the right Bible. Mm -hmm. Bless God, we found a church that preaches against these pagan holidays. Let's go. Okay, they come and they think that I'm going to be Mr. Meanie and blast everybody because they don't agree with me on that. That's great. You know, we stand with you. We're, we're with you. We're so glad that we. You're not so glad because you got an axe to ground, grind and it's going to bear its. It, 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 I'm telling you, it's going to bear itself. I don't want to be that. I don't want us to be that. We're just the axe grinding church. Okay. See if that works out in a, in a relationship. Yeah. It's just bondage. It's all it is. Legalists come off as pushing a holy life. Legalists come off as pushing that circumcision is what God wants. Paul has to deal with these folks and say, if your faith and trust is in circumcision, you got nothing. I'm for, I'm for right music. I'm for right dressing. I'm for right associations. I'm for biblical appropriate separation from evil. I'm for all of those things. But if you think I'm going to rope and hogtie you and drag you into holiness by telling you to do these things, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. And ladies, I'm sure you, 
I'm sure all wives have some type of problem with their husband at one time or another. But you just be thankful that you're not married to a legalist. It just is going to bind you, handcuff you, and you can't think, let alone breathe, or you're considered not right. It's a damaging, damaging thing. Damaging. Christianity is not forced. Grace is not forced. Righteousness cannot be legislated. It comes by God's grace. So when you look at something, it isn't always what you see because motive is important. And the real motive is that legalists and Pharisees want to be declared righteous by their works. Galatians 2.21 says they do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now, there's four consequences we're going to look at this morning from being in this in this yoke of bondage. Let's get over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. And we're going to look at four consequences. 1 Corinthians 7, verse number 22. We just read in Galatians chapter 5, here's the first consequence. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. In other words, legalists and Pharisees, they get no profit from Christ. Paul says in Galatians 5, he says, look, behold, listen up. Don't miss this. I want you all to see this. It's important. Look here. Watch what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, verse number 22. For he that is called the Lord, being a servant. Legalists can't serve with anybody, by the way. You want to come door knocking? Well, no, that's trespassing. What do you mean it's trespassing? Well, I don't know how much good it'll do. Well, you're not doing much good not availing yourself and coming with us. <laughs> they ask us to leave, we leave. We've had we've had some real real good conversations and, and no one is. But anyway, they can't serve with you. They can't avail yourself with you. There is always this spiritual air about them and they've got this wall where they're always drawing back in separation. They cannot fellowship with you. They cannot avail themselves to the work of the ministry with the church family. It's always, well, we're going to do this. Hey, we're all going to go downtown and, and, and no, well, we're not going to come. We're going to, because they can't serve with you. They can't. It's against what they believe. Is the Lord's freeman? Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. When you get saved, when I get saved, when I got saved, when you got saved, better way to put it. You became free from what? The yoke of bondage and sin. Christ paid the price for you and made a way for you to be with him forever, right? Now you are free to serve him. If you don't serve him, and if you don't live a holy life, and you don't live a righteous life, and you don't live a life in obedience to Christ, when you're driving down the road, he's not going to blow your car up. You are free to do what you want to do. Just like before you got saved, you were free to do what you want to do. And I know this isn't real deep theology, but look, you are going to do what you want to do, and I'm going to do what I want to do. 
I want to serve Jesus Christ. I want to avail myself to others. I want to live a godly, holy life. And I want that for my children and our church family. We are a team. But for me to expect everybody to have this pinnacle of spirituality that nobody has. And I am not, I do not say that to make light of a righteous life. I say that to say we are free to serve Jesus Christ. Because we've been set free, let's just joyfully and gladly do it. And not try to put each other in our own personal yokes of bondage. When a Pharisee tells me all the things that I'm not doing. And then all the things that our church isn't doing that it should be doing. And I point out, great. Now, can I share with some of the things that you're not doing that you should be doing? Well, no, what's that have to do with the conversation? Everything. Everything. If you look at my life and follow me around for a week, a month, six months, you're going to find out. Well, wait a minute. I got some things in the Christian life figured out better than the preacher. Well, good. Well, don't leave. Don't leave. I need you. Did you yeah. If you're that spiritual, set the example for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> when I point out to you, I'm... Any of you that have known me for any length of time know that I have a big emphasis for our church family, our team, to be very, very active in public evangelism. Whether that's wearing a T-shirt, whether that's passing out a track, whether that's talking to somebody one-on-one, whether that's open-air preaching, whether that's knocking on a door, whether that's putting a bumper sticker on your car, whether that's leaving a track after you leave your tip at the restaurant, you know I have a big emphasis on that. So what am I going to do? Put a yoke of bondage on everybody that can come out and do as much as I do or as much as I think they should do? It's funny when you point that out to a Pharisee. Look, here's a commandment that's given to all Christians. How come you can't come out with this? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you want to put others in your yoke. But you ain't about to get in anybody else's yoke. Yeah. I can encourage I can preach. I can teach the word of God. I can show you passages from scripture. And then after that, what do you want me to do? Handcuff you and drag you down the street? You would only be doing it because you're forced to do it. What type of minister does that? A pharisaical one. A legalistic one. And we're not going to do that. Now, we don't want anybody... I put so much demands on myself that I need to be careful of that too. But you know, you can put so many so much demands on people that they will just start to resent you. And Christ, it's not his character. Here's my word. Here's what I did for you. You want to serve me? We'd love to have you serve me. That's the offer. Christ gives us and that's the offer that our church family our team of Christians our assembly of believers wants to offer others 
when you meet somebody new comes in, yeah, yeah, we meet our preacher. He don't have everything figured out, and neither do we. But we got one thing figured out. We're going to try to trust this book and preach and teach in this book best we can. When they come to me and say, well, how's your how's your church members? Well, they ain't perfect. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to say to them the same thing you're going to say to them about me. They don't do everything the way I would. People are disappointed when they listen online and then they come and they find out that we're not as perfect as we sound. Nobody is. Get involved. Avail yourself. And with God's grace, we can all grow and become better Christians. So we don't want to become unprofitable. And that's the, that's the first consequence of legalism and pharisaicalism. He's, getting, trying to, he's trying to get them to see all this emphasis on their circumcision. The Bible says you should know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. You raise children and you isolate them. And you have this eerie type of control over them. They are not free. It is a recipe for rebellion. That doesn't mean we turn that steering wheel so hard to the left and just say, well, just go do what you want. No, no, not at all. Truth makes them free. And when they become old enough to do what they want to do because they're not in the yoke of mom and dad, we're going to see what happens. We want to train our children up in the way that they should go. Because when they get older, they're going to figure out where they want to depart from got to get a hold of the grace of God, the liberty in Christ, the freedom that they have to serve God, and that they are free to live a holy, righteous life, not because they're forced to, but because they want to. Consequence number two. Let's get James chapter two. The second consequence that we find in Galatians chapter five. Go ahead and get James two. Keep your finger there. The second consequence is you become a debtor to do the whole law. We see that in Galatians 5, verse 3. The Bible says that he is a debtor to do the whole law. So in Galatians 5, they have this big emphasis on the circumcision. So, okay, fine, get circumcised. In other words, now do all the law. Do all the other stuff you're supposed to do. Um, I own a house. Many of you own a house. Except we don't own the house. The bank owns the house. The bank lets us stay there. And we're contracted to pay the bank a certain small amount each month to live in their house. And then a little or a lot of interest, depending on what your interest rate is. we got to pay that each month. And we are bound to that contract. We can't do one without the other. Well, isn't it my house? Shouldn't I just be able to pay the principal? No, you got to pay the interest too because it's our house. We're letting you live there. We're going to charge you some interest and you got to pay both. You can't do one part and not the whole. You've got to do all of it. And if you agree to circumcision, well, you agree to pay interest and keep the whole law that is associated not only with circumcision, but all the rest. Of it. Look what it says, James 2.10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law 
and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. In other words, you and I can't pick and choose laws. And look, I get the fact that, you know, people visit and, okay, well, this, this church isn't for us. This isn't for us. And I've done that. I've been there. It's, it's, it's not that. And it's not, it's not the fact that, well, I'd like to do this because I think it's the right thing to do. I think, I think our family should not participate in this because it's not what I think God would honor. I'm not talking about that because we all, we all do that. We all think those ways at times in our lives. It's not that. It's this spirit and this attitude behind it. That is pharisaical and legalistic. You know why Paul has such a hard time with these folks? Getting them not to go back? Because they've caught this spirit of Pharisees. And this is why he's laying out all this argumentation. So they get the motive. You want your kids to obey, I want mine to. I want to obey the Lord, you want to obey the Lord. The Pharisee and the legalist never looks at where they disobey. They're always ready to look at what you did wrong. But when you want to look at what they did wrong or where they've disobeyed, game over. You know why James 2 teaches us? Your obedience and my obedience to the law doesn't make up for our disobedience to the law. <laughs> yeah. And it's just the way that it is. And when we get into that attitude, we, we have two commands that we've disobeyed. We're not standing therefore in the liberty and we're entangled again, in the yoke of bondage. We've not embraced and rejected. And when we're under the law, we lose freedom. We lose liberty and we don't win Christ. Consequence number three, Let's get Hebrews chapter 2. I know this isn't real fiery preaching this morning, but sometimes just some practical application of some verses flipping through is, is good for us. I hope it's yeah. hope you're getting something out of it. But consequence number three we saw in Galatians 5 is Christ has become of no effect unto you. Matter of fact, back in Acts 15, it says, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. They got to do that circumcision. Well, they ain't part of it. Except the most obvious thing is, well, what about the ladies? None of them can be saved. It doesn't even make sense. And, not, and a legalist doesn't get common sense. Common sense does not make sense to that. Well, can we look at where you're disobeying? And would that help you to be able to avail yourselves to us? Since you're so good at finding out what we do that's wrong. Who does that? Pharisee and a legalist. But consequence number three, um, Christ become no effect to you. In Hebrews chapter 2, let's get to verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14. 
For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You think COVID-19 shut down businesses? You want to live by the law and you want to live by, I got to keep circumcision. Christ is going to shut you down. Because this bondage in law does not fit with grace and liberty. Pharisee or legalist says that. Yeah, but don't you think you have to get circumcised? Don't you think you have to do it? That's not your motive. You're trying to do something physical so everybody can look at you and say, oh, wow. Look at that. Look at me, everybody. It's Pharisee. It's the attitude. Some of you already raised kids. You know, you've had to say to kids, you, you, better, you better fix your attitude. You better fix your attitude. Right? Quit talking that way. The words phrased together the same way with a different attitude would probably communicate something different to mom or dad, right? We've all been there with our kids. You got a smart aleck attitude. And that's what you get in discipline for. That's what the issue is. And that's the issue with Pharisees. Because a lot of times what they do isn't wrong as an outward act. It's the inward motive and attitude. That goes along with it. Consequence number four. Last one we'll look at this morning. And let's get Romans chapter eight. Romans eight. But the last consequence is the Bible says in Galatians chapter five that you are fallen from grace. Fallen from grace. Now, does this mean a Christian or a true believer can lose his salvation? It doesn't. You can't lose your salvation. <clears throat> but it does mean a Christian can lose his ability only found in God's plan of grace for living a successful Christian life. That's what you can fall from. And so Paul is not trying to help them understand you can lose your salvation. That's not an issue. You're sanctified, you're sealed to the day of redemption. You have eternal life, everlasting life. No man shall pluck me out of our hand, the whole bit. So you're, you're, it's not the issue. The issue is you're going to fall from your ability to really live fully in me. And you're doing all these outward acts, but everybody sees it's just a show. What are you trying to show us? Like, we're all not getting it. And that's a problem Paul's trying to get them to see. You're fallen from grace. They're quick to accuse you of being apostate. Your church is being apostate. You're whatever. But in reality, they are. They are. I'm righteous, I'm holy, I'm justified because of my obedience. You see, I've gotten circumcised like the law says. Except that attitude you're copping, you've rejected grace. 
And anytime you try to add law work to grace, you mess the thing up. You know how you're going to live a Christian life? Not by keeping laws, by God's grace and his spirit, Holy Spirit and dwell in you. You yielding to that. And by the grace of God, now your life is changing. This isn't get saved and live like the devil. We're going to get to that in a later message, by the way. That'll be a fiery hot one. (laughs) That'll be some preaching. But this is, look. If you think you're going to do it in power, your own effort, your motive will be skewed every single time. Now, I'm going to say this because this is all of us. In one way, form or another, all of us are legalists. We might not be the extreme that Paul's talking about. But we just need to be careful. There's all a little legalism in everybody. And we need to be careful of that. That doesn't mean go backward in your Christian life. It just means we got to be careful. We got to be careful. We got to be real careful. Fruit means a lot. And I've seen a lot of nice looking fruit that I've purchased in the grocery that my wife has purchased. And I bite into it and it don't taste good. It looked good on the outside. You look forward to it. You're going to slice that mango up, put it in some yogurt, add a little granola onto it. Whew, that's going to be good. Except it looks good. You peel it, you slice it, it looks good. You, you taste it, and you're like, oh, it's mango. That's a Pharisee. They want to look good on the outside. You see, we're circumcised. You're not. <laughs> no. Not the way it works. Uh, all right, where are we at? Romans 8, finish out. Romans chapter 8, verse number 21. Bible says, Because the creature itself also shall be delivered, watch this, from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Are you a child of God? I am embrace the glorious liberty that you have in Christ. You've been delivered from the bondage of the law. I I compel you to love the Lord. You compel me to love the Lord. And because of our love for him, we should want to serve him more, do more for him, talk about him more. Live every aspect of our life as holy and as righteous as we can because we're so grateful for what God has done for us. And when we see somebody that isn't living a holy, righteous, godly life, we don't say, well, you're not good enough. But we don't swing the wheel to the other side and not preach on right living. We give them grace like God gave us grace. After we got saved and we weren't living how we were supposed to be living. And God's grace still worked in our life. And this idea that, look, we're way up here and you're way down here. It's pharisaical. It's legalistic. And this is how preachers become mean-spirited. They become very harsh. Not hard preaching. Just harsh on people. Because it's always bondage. 
But that doesn't mean we swing the wheel this side and say we never hire the bar. I'm all about hiring the bar. Yeah. And we'll get to that later. Everybody be upset at me. But this isn't a hire the bar message. This is let's lower ourselves a little bit message and get a little bit lower and a little bit more humbler and show some grace to some people. Make ourselves available to the work of the ministry. Let's have the right attitude. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.